You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. We have Heather here today, Angela, and Stephanie, always ready to converse and share our thoughts and goings on. We hope you enjoy today's show, and we welcome any feedback you may want to share with us. All right. So uh, I wanted to talk to you ladies about labels. Uh, This goes hand in hand with this time of year and setting goals and sort of determining how we hope the rest of the year goes. And I I was realizing for the first time in a long time, I'm actually setting goals that are um, in alignment with what I actually want versus kind of instead of egoic needs and, and, and what would make, I don't know, shallow, not shallow, but just things that I thought I wanted I've gotten rid of that and I'm really coming from a more internally based process of establishing what my goals are. And um, along the way, I've started to realize and exploring labels and just how important they are and how detrimental they can be. So for instance, and this is just sort of a very shallow example, my label of I'm addicted to sugar because I'm trying to, um, improve that this year I'm working towards improving that this year and I randomly remembered years ago I would not drink soda now that doesn't mean I didn't like soda I loved so I love soda but my label at that time was I don't drink soda I'm someone um I don't drink soda like for a while for a few years three years when I was a vegetarian my label was I'm a vegetarian. And that doesn't mean that the cravings aren't there or the impulses aren't there. But when you have this label, it can either be, it can be incredibly powerful in influencing your behavior and your willingness to stick to a goal. The parameters of it, because you can put yourself in a box. Exactly. You can, you can either use it for good or for ill. Right. And so um, I, I took a couple of notes, you know, in terms of, labels and you know we can have good labels and bad labels and that's you know not that's all a matter of perspective and how that can influence self-acceptance in certain areas of our life and also to what extent are we creating a reality that enforces our self-created labels so i was looking at that and i'll bring up other points later but yeah the the idea that, yes, I've always loved sugar, but I used to quite comfortably identify as a non-soda drinker. So that's the power of labels. And I was just curious um, how other people are handling labels. Because right now I am, since December, I have just been kind of cleaning the closet on all my labels. And when I come up against, when I really sit with it and think, is that who I am now? Or is that who I still want to be? And it's just a 
wanted to put that out there and see if you guys, how you approach labels or if you even think about it. My first question to both of you would be, so that I fully understand where you're coming from, is a label an identity for you? And if so, is it a label you are putting on yourself or is it a label other people put on you and you live as is? So break that down to me. In, in, and you said your label of sugar, you put it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when you identified as someone who doesn't drink soda, that was the label of, I don't do sugar. I don't drink soda. That was your identity and your label. Okay. Yeah. But so I also had other labels right. put on me and okay. it, they are very, to me, and I don't know. And that's, I think why I wanted to bring it up is I was curious. I know that labels very easily link into my sense of identity. And so I was just curious if that was just me or if other people do that as well. But um, over Christmas, uh, a cousin I hadn't seen forever uh, came over Christmas day and we were chatting and we were going through an old photo album and I forget what it was, but there was something, probably me being overly dramatic in a childhood photo. (laughs) And my cousin said, Oh, you know, we always knew you were the actress and he meant it as a very sweet Mm -hmm. sort of like, but it actually created anxiety in me because I just thought, am I, am I an actress? I don't want to act anymore. Like (laughs) all of a sudden, right. Because that was the label. And he was so firm with that's who you are. And he did not in any way mean it to be limiting or disempowering, but for a brief moment, I just thought, Oh, maybe I am supposed to do that because it took me so long to just sit down with that label and realize I don't want to act at all, at all. And it was mind blowing, but yeah. So I definitely have put labels on myself, have labels put on me. I think we all do. And to me, they very much mess with my sense of self-identity. Especially if you had lifetimes where all of a sudden when you're talking, I just, I saw where you had lifetimes of, of, people labeling you as something and you just went with that and you're like okay this is who I am yeah I could see that totally could see that so yeah and here it comes up for review like do I identify with that anymore nope yeah what's authentic yeah I know for me for the last few months I have just been sloughing off labels like I feel into them and I was like this doesn't even feel like me and whatever's mine I release and so it's just, it's been so freeing to feel into that label. Is this really, is this really true to my true self-identity? I got to the point where nothing felt like me. I was like, this just doesn't feel like me. This doesn't feel like me. And it was, it's it's a little, it could be dis- disconcerting, you know, especially when nothing feels like you and you're just like, okay, you're floating out here somewhere and nothing feels like you. So Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting. I've had to rebuild because I've gone through periods. I remember the first time I tried to quit acting, right? And, and I was like saying something about an opinion that I realized I'd heard from somebody else and it wasn't me. And I remember at the time, the only thing I really sat with myself, I was in my early twenties and I thought, what is something I like that nobody told me? Or wasn't like, oh, this will help if I want to be an actress. You know how you were like, what's the haircut supposed to be? All that. 
it's very externally driven. And the only thing I had was, and I mentioned this in a reading that I gave someone the other day. The only thing I had that I knew for me was I liked a song by Mazzy Star. I can't even remember the song right now. That was the only thing I had that I knew was mine that was not influenced by anybody else. And I literally had to just start rebuilding from that one thing that I knew about myself. So I do think we go through these sort of like purging. Yeah. just sort of like dumping everything and um, leveling, not even a leveling up. It's a sort of a re-emerging from the cocoon. I think there's several cocoons that we come out of. And I know since last year, I've been saying, get rid of the stories. And I think that was another way of saying get rid of the labels. Exactly. Yeah. So I've, I've been doing this for a while, but it's really coming to a head now and I'm enjoying it. It's not, it's not bad. It's actually quite enlightening to realize to what extent to how often we have, like, for instance, Stephanie, when you and I were chatting before Heather got on, you mentioned, I wrote it down, um, uh, Virgo and recovering perfectionists. And those are both helpful, but also incredibly like, to me, it can easily become another identity, right? Like, oh, it is an identity. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I don't have any issues with labels because um, it's a form of communication and it's a form of how we as humans categorize and analyze each other. Uh, it starts, you know, from the moment we're children, um, our parents start putting labels on us, right? The one who's slow, lazy, pretty, fast, athletic, musically talented, whatever, we get labels and then we learn how to identify each people with a label, you know, and it becomes an issue if, like you said, when you were in your 20s and you start seeing what you do and do not identify with, um, and you start rebuilding yourself. Well, I, you know, good for you, you did it in 20s. I just did in the last 10 years, but, and it's been freeing, but I, I don't rebel against them because now that I've gotten to the place where I've been doing my own uh, analyzing of the labels that I put on myself and other people put on me, I'm no longer, I don't mad at anyone for whatever label they give me because that's how their filter is working to identify me. Just like my filter is working to identify them or you or anyone around me. Now, it doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's how I'm seeing you, right? So yeah. if a person is saying, um, oh my gosh, she's so hyper, or that person is just so you know, um, monotone, they're so chill, they're so, and how you take that could be hurtful, right? Because you might say, well, I don't like the word monotone. I don't like the word chill. It sounds like a boring person. Well, to the person identifying you, maybe that just means a person who is steady and balanced, right? So that might be their goal. Absolutely. So I no longer, well, no longer, I, I really work at not getting offended by a label. I understand that it's just a way for someone to identify me. For my own self, I, I do like labels because again, my brain works very much in a file system and a category. So I embrace my Virgo-ness, my dragon-ness, my you know, Enneagram one, because I'm proud of that because it makes me feel like what, like I belong to something. And yeah. um and it's very organized. And so I like it. Um, 
And there's a lot of negative things, believe me, about Virgo. I'm not saying they're all good things, but I I just, and I get told that a lot uh, by people. Why do you have to identify with this uh, astrological identification, you know, with the list of things? Because I do, I just do. I just, everything that's pretty much on there, I identify with. So it, to I, me, it brings clarity. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point is like labels are not inherently bad. And, mm-hmm. and, it is how we get through the world. It's a survival. Like it's how we analyze what's going around, you know, but um, so I'm not saying, Oh, we should get rid of labels. It's like, I think as an exercise in terms of our own potential, I think it's interesting to release labels for a while, but when you're navigating the world and you're trying to determine things about the person, let's say, walking towards you down a dark alley labels help things situations help <laughs> um, you know help. Do you, you think you, you, good for you for seeing the divine spark and the person pulling a knife on you but also maybe defend yourself and and start to see you know these are all things your information about the world that you're gathering so it's not negative i think i also wrote down you know does the label in terms of internal expression or um, exploration does it expand you does it cause expansion yeah. that's when you know lean into that when it cuts you off from an authentic expression of yourself or exploring what could I think be it a, could be a distraction sometimes yeah from your feelings yeah it could be a distraction from it, truly tapping into feeling what you really feel oh i'm labeled this so i'm not going to feel what it is to be that you know what i mean mm-hmm. Especially if it keep if it entraps you, right? It makes you feel bad. So if you're told you're not athletic, you know, from a school teacher from early days, and you're the last one picked on a team over and over, that's your identity now. You're not yeah. good athletically, so you don't even try, you know. And 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 that is a perfect example of living up to uh, that trapdoor syndrome where we don't expand. But there's some people who have that capacity that if you dare tell them and put a label on them, they'll show you otherwise. And that's just, a, it's a beautiful thing. Some people have that, like label me all you want. I'll show you otherwise. Yeah, um, That's quite bold. You know, uh, that's, that's incredibly courageous. And, you know, unfortunately not everybody has that, you know, most of us tend to stay right at that ceiling of wherever the label expresses. And then we're, we're giving into other people's perceptions of us and I think we brought this up before but I feel like the patron saint the reigning deity of this is Angelina Jolie who you know at the height of her bombshell bad girl adopted a a child because she saw herself and knew herself to be a mother and now of course she's the mother of a whole past you know six children and works with children and UNICEF like we now say of course she's a humanitarian Jesus but I remember back in the day when the label, the labels the world put on her was a direct conflict to what she was doing. And I have always admired or used her as an example of someone who decided, no, this is my label now. And it does not matter what literally the rest of the world is saying. I know this to be who I want to be and what I can be. And therefore, I'm going to create my life to reflect my label, not your labels. Well, I- I imagine going forward in humanity and our civilization, I hope we're going to be a little more cognizant of how we 
talk to each other and how we express our, our identity with each other. Um, but if we go back to our grandparents' generation, um, <laughs> especially in, I mean, I, I can only speak for the Hispanic community because that's, you know, where my lineage is, but, um, and I didn't even, and I don't even have like a real tie to my heritage, however, but nicknames are very prevalent in the Hispanic community and not nicknames that are um, beneficial. You know, if you're small, your, your, your name is, you know, the short one. If you're, you're chubby, you're the fat one. If you're slow, if you got a, a big nose, a little nose, that's your nickname. So, you know, back in the day, that's just how people identified each other and no one questioned it, but to go through life being told you're this, you know, and then being conscious of your little nose, your big eye, your baldness, whatever the case, yeah. um, we've, we've come a long way from there, I think, you know, and that we're, we're not intentionally limiting people by their, it's not even a disability, just by what they do or do not have. You know, yeah. now at least I think we're a little more mindful um, in that hopefully we're not giving nicknames like that anymore or calling people things that could hurt their feelings. But that doesn't mean that, again, the labels are always kind. I don't think anyone, most people probably don't want to hurt someone's feeling with the label. That's just how we know them, yeah. right? And it comes to the story. It, it, it is. I mean, I don't know how to. Okay, so I ask myself this question. I ask people also, and I think we've talked about it before, ladies, without labels, who are you? Angela, who are you without labels? Do you know? Can you come up with a couple adjectives, you know, a verb? I don't know. I've been working on that. Mm -hmm. I've been, you know, like I said, since uh, December, just sort of, well, before that, getting rid of the stories. And now, since December, getting rid of the labels. Um, how do I, I know I want to be a benefit and to contribute. I know I want to be of service. Sometimes right now, strongly held labels. No, I, I have habits. I have thing, you know, things I typically do. I could say healer or whatnot, but there's something else trying to emerge. And so I'm just very carefully keeping my labels loose so that that doesn't does that make sense yeah well you don't want to could, live by the parameters of that yeah yeah I'm, I'm sort of like i planted all these seeds and i'm seeing which one is naturally going to grow and in, in this environment that i'm now in how but, about you heather without labels who is heather you know that's a very good question because i've had recently i'd say moments of grace where this i felt the slate be completely wiped clean and I had no labels. And I just, I, the most recent one that I had, I sat in meditation and I felt like I was wearing a Heather suit. I, and I felt like I was in, I guess what people would say, an avatar. And I just sat there and there wasn't really, there was no labels there. There wasn't, I wasn't Heather. I was just this source of energy that was having a moment in a Heather suit and it was incredible because there was nothing because because the labels is anything that you can think of in your life here on earth it's everything mm -hmm. you're a human that's a label you're you're a healer that's a label mm 
you know, it's just, it's a story with everything. And then the one I remember the first time when I was in the supermarket, I was at Sprouts and everything got wiped clean. And I was just, all of a sudden I was like, this is what it feels like to have no soul history. I just sat there and I was just like, holy cow, what am I going to do next? Because I had no idea what I was going to do. I just sat there at the supermarket. Not, I didn't sit there, but I was, I was at the freezer section going, okay, where do I go from here? Because I have no idea what I'm getting. I mean, everything is a label. So it's very interesting to have those moments of grace and just sit there. Um, if I, I, it's even a label if I say this, but because the another time when it, it was so incredible, I woke up and I knew something had changed. It felt, I felt the power of myself. I knew myself. And the only thing I could say that would be what I was, I go, I feel like I'm a creator God. And I knew in that moment, whatever I picked, whatever I choose, even if I wanted to move a mountain physically, I could do it then. And it was such a humbling experience. And to know what that feels like to be this creator God, I, I said to my to myself in my head, I said, if only can humans realize how much power we have. If they knew what this feels like in this moment, we could move mountains, literally. And I, and I was just so humbled by it. And it was an incredible feeling. Um, and you're just so cognizant of what you can do in the next moment, the next second. So I don't know. It's, it depends on what story you want to create. Yeah, absolutely. That's very good. Any given point. And Hopefully, as anyone is listening to this show today, it's a reminder for yourself to look at who do you want to be, who do you identify with, and not worry about the labels people are putting on you because you you can't change that, you know, unless you want to start a fight with people. That's just not, and it's not supposed to be any of your business, right? What people think of you. How about work on your own? What do you identify with? What what is your language? Like uh, Angela was saying, like when I had identified with Virgo, you know, um, what would you like to change? If you are using language that you're like, why do I say that? I don't want to say that, especially if it, if it keeps you down, represses you. There was another thing uh, tied into this when I was reading, um, they did this study when, and they had one control group say, I can't, like, I can't have sugar. I'm trying to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. And then the other group was saying, I don't, I don't have sugar because I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy or whatever they were. Um, And then the test groups didn't know that. So they listened to this speech about it or this TED talk type thing about it. And it's as they're going out that the test actually happens because they're offered like a candy bar or uh, like a more of a granola bar just as a snack and a thank you. And the people who were saying, I listened to the speech, but I don't, I don't do this, inevitably reached for the healthy snack versus I can't. They tended to reach for the, oh, the candy bar. So, yeah. I want to try that because, you know, because I can't. <laughs> I have allergy issues with, with certain foods. So I always say I can't have. So I wonder if I can change. To say, I, I don't, don't have that food because I prefer to feel more like be able to breathe after I eat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so if you, 
instead of I can't have that because I, I really want to like feel good after I eat. No, I don't have that because I want to feel good after I eat. It, That's a great, it's a really powerful, really powerful. Don't you think it's like, yeah. wow. The language uh, for manifestation is it's very um, critical on the words that you use. And before I started law of attraction uh, studies, I remember way back when, when I had read that Will Smith had uh, taught his kids, they could not use, I can't. And I was just so appalled by that because I was just like, Oh my God, how limiting what's, what's the language in the house. You can't even say I can't because I had no understanding. I only read the blip and I didn't understand. And there was no explanation as to why he was teaching them to not use that. It wasn't until I began uh, reading the law of attraction that I understood that the words are what hamper us. And, and even to the point where they teach you, uh, you don't say I want, because it means you don't have it, you know, so it's I desire, I'm enjoying, um, it's I am creating because it's in the process. It's not mm-hmm. a lack. So uh, yeah, those words I can't um, or I have to. That's another word, you know, That's because it's it's I, a burden. I have I to do this. Myself. And um, you, the word becomes I get to. But I, then if I'm you're pleasing to. yourself on all this stuff, because for me, I would start pleasing myself on all this stuff, and then it becomes oh, it, you're just I I there's a chance that you become so hard on yourself. You know what I mean? Cause you're policing every thought and then you drop into the fear category. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, I've just said that. You know what I mean? Well, if so you, I mean, you again, but that's, but that's a story right there, right? Yeah. And that you're saying you become where you, you stop it when you can. And you say, you know, what? that's not a word I choose to use. And when it does go out, you're not in trouble, but little by little, your language will change uh, because you become mindful of it. And especially if you believe that those words are helping you to manifest and to create and to be who you want to be. Well, and I think that's really what you just said is really important that you believe it because for me, I get um, Heather's perspective of overly policing. Cause I think a lot of people fall into magical thinking like, Oh, I just won't think it or I'll say it a positive way. So it'll happen. It's like, but you don't actually have that belief down in your bones. So when you're policing yourself or reconditioning yourself to use certain words, I would encourage our listeners to use words that act maybe want isn't a bad trigger word for you. Maybe it, it conjures a passion and, um, dedication to say, I want this. You don't know. So don't, there are certain words that um, tend to uh, statistically maybe have a certain effect on people at large, but, but really tap into yourself and figure out what word inspires you because you don't want to just police for the sake of policing, because if I follow these rules, then and then I get what I want, or if I don't follow these rules and I'll be punished to not get what I want. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to become dogma. You don't want it to become mm-hmm. another form of religion. Right. I mean, we're, yeah. we're trying to get rid of, or I am, you know, step away from the organized and create my own connection with the, the divine and myself. And I'm feel. kind mm-hmm. of babbling here. Yeah. But feel as you know, what Heather was saying, feel into it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, if you just start doing this, because, you know, if you just sort of follow the rules that everybody else has told you, it really does become magical thinking in the negative sense. You're just giving lip service. You're not actually going to manifest because it's not going all the way down. You're just sort of saying yeah. this as almost a superstitious. 
And I'm not, there's something coming through. Like I, I have a feeling like who's ever listening to this, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. And also, you know, there is times where you have been afraid to be in your body. So also, you know, be kind and see where you might be afraid to feel. Cause if you're, I know for me in the past, it has been, I was afraid to feel, I was afraid to be in my body. It wasn't safe. So I didn't want to feel, I couldn't feel. And I finally had to give myself permission to feel. Mm. And I was like, it is safe. I am safe here and it's okay to feel and just allow whatever to come through. So whoever needs to hear that, you know, mm. see if you're afraid of feeling. Because I know when I started feeling into stuff, I couldn't. I was trying to figure out all these people, like they they just have this this joy for other people. And I was like, I want to feel that. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't feel like them. And mm -hmm. I, it finally came to about where I was afraid to be in my body. It wasn't safe to be in my body. So then I had to have a talk with this part of myself where it's okay. Now we're safe. Yeah. So. That's really important because that's the foundation of everything, you know, is to be able to feel into it. So, yeah. And getting to know yourself, yeah. right? And you, you don't just wake up one day and know who you are, right? It takes well, years, Grace decades, a lifetime. That's a Pardon? story, though. Grace could smile on you and snap its fingers and say, hey. Oh, well, I just don't believe that. That's just not a belief I have. So, um, you know, I I just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think, um, for me anyway, that... Um, one knows themselves in, in, in just uh, experience. You know, I think you get snapshots of it, of um, feelings, identities, but because we're so, if we lived, I guess I would understand that if we lived literally by yourself, maybe you and your pet, you know, but with people coming and going, interactions, news, experiences, it brings out a different side of us. If you, if you dare to go out in the world and partake, different people become your mirrors and different people continue to, you know, trigger you and bring out the best in you and bring out the fear in you. So that's why I just don't understand how you can know yourself um, in a lifetime. I think constantly um, evolving and constantly, you know, exploring and, and um, revealing, you know, so that's just the way I see it. I don't want to know myself. I, I might as well be dead. I mean, what's the point? You know, <laughs> if I know everything, then why am I even bothering going, you know, talking to people to me, please tell me there's more. It's just like, it's like, you know, keep opening another present. I, I want to see, I want to see beautiful. more. It's it beautiful is exciting. And it's exciting. Ourselves. Right. But it's also right for some people. Um, it's scary. It's, yeah. it's, it's painful, right? Yeah. Because, um, well, and we say we say a little fear. more joyfully because yeah. we've gone through some of the ugly sides, you know, <laughs> and a lot of the work already. And that's not to say it won't be more work in the future, but um, we've bounced back and we've understood that those were important, you know, parts of our lives to explore and to uh, um, discover. And I look forward to discovering more. And they're not all going to be exciting and wonderful. There's parts, I mean, shadow work, right? And all the, the, the tough stuff, but it's exciting. I think if, you know, when people get going, it's kind of like a momentum, you know, once you take those first steps and you start going and you, and it's, it's just up and hit up and down. It's a roller coaster. It's not the merry-go-round of life. You know, some people like that and that's cool. It makes me dizzy. So I'm going to need a little <laughs> more. <laughs> 
a little more excitement to, around. Yeah, I am. I think the level to which we want to know ourselves, it's very rare to have um, it come in an instant. I think we can have, in my opinion, moments of grace where we learn aspects of ourselves and they reveal themselves. But um, yeah, I would say my own path is one where I, um, I have to go through experiences to truly, I don't have to, but the majority of the wisdom that I am able to share and impart upon others comes from experiential um, basis. Even if it's um, having maybe not lived a lifetime as it, but just for a week or two, you know, been in that position where I, I could truly say, ooh, I've been in their shoes. I understand that. Now I can share wisdom from that perspective or have a moment of, you could say a moment of grace where I just will truly understand in this moment, you know, I get it. Like I really get what they're going through and I can have the words for them that they need. But for the most part, no, I, I'm sort of of the same nature Stephanie, I, um, I'm clear, what is it, clairsentient, where I will have the answers come to me. I will just know them. But overall, other than that little nugget of wisdom for them to help them along the way or to help me in a moment, I, I have to have the ups and downs. And um, one of the most fun, it's not fun, who am I <laughs> freaking lying? Um, one of the more interesting patterns in my life is how many times I've had a 180 on something. I feel this is how it is. And then, you know, years later, I completely have a 180 turn in, in, in my perspective. And I feel if I thought it was black, I now think it's white, you know, that, and it's really neat to sort of have those moments of just, wow, okay, I thought that was truth with a capital T and it's not, it was a personal truth. So I love those moments um, once they're done and once <laughs> the, the pain of like letting go of a truth that you were like, but I've actually advised people on this. What? <laughs> oh, sheesh. Well, thank God I don't give refunds. <laughs> but that's okay. That's something to everyone to be reminded about just because you think one way now and identify as one person now doesn't mean you can't change. And, you know, I think, that's something in the past too. People were pretty hard on people who changed. You know, you see that sometimes at political parties. How can you vote for them? They used to be a right. They used to be on this party, it, yeah. right? And people change, and that's exciting. I think that's wonderful. You know, there's there's a not only just maturity and wisdom, what have you, but just that perspective. Something in you has changed your perspective, and and the world's changed. Yeah. You know, it did and it didn't. And that's the beauty of it. I just think that's so wonderful. I love to hear people's stories who just like thought one way and it's completely another. I think it's, it's just marvelous. You know, um, and, and Heather, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but real fast um, in terms of like that and labels, I remember there was, oh God, was it was some arch conservative person that would, if I just saw a picture of them, like my blood would boil, right? And he was being interviewed on this YouTube, uh, The Rubin Report. And I, I like that show when I used to watch it because it's one-on-one -on -one and it's an actual long-term, like hour-long interview with whoever he's talking to. And so you really see the human. And I remember seeing him on that, just seeing, oh, he was interviewed. And when I first started 
the clip, I couldn't even look at him. I was so, you know, and then I would listen to the clip and then slowly, I didn't agree with him by the end, but I saw him as human and I understood where he was coming from. It was such a gift mm -hmm. to drop those labels, to drop what side I was on and just truly see the person. I still didn't agree with him, but I wasn't afraid anymore. And so I think that's another aspect of labels that um, as helpful as they can be, if you really don't feel into them, if you really don't review your labels and clean out the closet, they can lead to fear. I think stagnant labels lead to fear, you know. That's great. You called it a gift because it is a gift, I think, yeah. when you can change your perspective. And it can go to the negative too. I mean, oh. but it's still a gift because you are shifting. What's what's happened in you that okay? So if a person um thinks the world is is a good place and, and they're happy and they're hopeful, but a, if they're a victim of a crime you know, there's been a shift and, and now they don't see the world as they used to. That doesn't mean it's a horrible thing. Yes, it, it's, it robbed them of their peace, but it makes sense. Their perspective has changed and now they see it another way and hopefully they'll find a balance, you know, as they they move around. But it's it's okay. It's okay. How could it not change, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just something we got to honor in each other um, instead of being cemented you know into these these identities forever i mean it's so unfair it's unfair to us and fair to yeah. each other right well and just even on a superficial level i've been dressing up more just wearing i work at a computer very small computer firm and so you know developers not stylish right <laughs> uh, typically speaking and so i just started coming in in slacks and stuff because and i found my boss was like what are you doing why are you doing that and I was like, because <laughs> he's, he's like an older brother. I was like, because I, as you know, I'm getting older and as the face gets wrinkled, it helps if everything else is a little like more pressed and straightened, you know, you just, in order to just feel put together. And, and, and he's like, who, who are you impressing? Even my husband was like, why are you dressing up? What's going on? Who are you impressing? I said, me, I'm impressing me. And it just, I was like, I was laughing because the simple act of wearing a dress was shaking everybody to their core foundation. And I was just like, but I persisted. I said, no, this is what I, this is at the moment who I am. I'm wearing this. Good for you. And now they don't think twice about it. God, that's just right now. They have a new identity of you. Exactly. But, but it brings out label, it brings label. out things in people, right? If you see if everyone else is casual and you're fancy, right? I'm doing fancy with the air quotes. It yeah. makes them feel okay. I'm not enough. I didn't do enough. I look sloppy, especially a woman with another yeah. woman who's you know she's wearing heels. They do that a heels, lot, yeah. right? Yeah. And and so that's that insecurity coming out and now they put it on you, you know, yeah. but good for you. You're like, you know, I feel like dress it up. I applaud you. I think that you take the extra effort. God bless. You know, I always hear, well, I just wanted to be comfortable. Okay. Right, right, right. That's what right. you're going to be because <laughs> right. You know, don't judge me. I'm just wearing my comfort clothes. That's more important to me. Right. But well, um, and, and being 5'11 and wearing heels to the office, <laughs> the guys are like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, it makes me feel pretty byron oh katie goodness. has a um has a saying that it reminds me of the topic that we're talking about she says uh your story is your identity and you do almost anything to prove that it is true inquire into self 
is the only thing that it has the power to penetrate such an ancient concept. Oh, I like that. Read that part again about doing anything to prove it's what? I'll, I'll read. I'll re-say it again. Your story is your identity and you do almost anything to prove that it is true. Yeah. Inquire into self is the only thing that has the power to penetrate such an ancient concepts. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. Um, and, you know, when you do that exploration and, and you question, okay, am I, could this be wrong? I mean, then you got to come up with another story to replace it and find out and for some people it's too much work. What if they just stick if, where they are? And what if we're okay. going towards, towards, cause Angela and I were talking a while ago about how words aren't enough anymore. Like the way I converse to my team is through feelings now. So what if we're gearing towards not having, not having that, that identity, that story, that label anymore because we're going to an area where you're just going to be feeling it out. So you don't need the labels anymore. Maybe more of a unity, true unity consciousness. Maybe this is in a step. Maybe this is an evolutionary step where even if we can't, because like think about labels like gender and whatnot. I mean, to the extreme now people are, are relabeling themselves. Maybe this is just a step along the way of, loosening labels so that you know you can kind of put them on when you need to interact and take them off when you need to interact in a different way and you just your your resting state is this so basically we're mr potato head yeah what if we are what if (laughs) well not mr we're just potato head now (laughs) we're just a potato head with uh or the double-sided which i agree is true because uh the the use of language they them you know he she it's just non uh committed you know to one thing mm-hmm. or another which is uh you know i agree very fluid and it shows that i think labels are being changed but if you're talking about if we're dealing with each other on a emotional level i think that 100 percent is true and and right now it, it's just not in a good place because the the act of how we communicate so much is through uh, text and through written word and our emotions are the, it's not delivered with emotion. We're accepting it, receiving it with emotion. I mean, it could be delivered with emotion, but really whoever reads it is the one. I hate instant messaging. Right. So, so that things get lost in context. We have Mm -hmm. a lot, right. We have a long way to go in healing ourselves in order to be able to take a message from you without getting all huffy puffy or hurt or what have you, right? How did people write or te- email or anything before emojis? I'm like, how did, cause I, you know me, you've got, you've gotten <laughs> you know emails me. from me. People would get it's, in fights. I've gotten into a few because really? things were out of context. Mm-hmm. I cannot not put an emoji. It's like one word, two word, three word emoji, one word, two word, three word emoji. It's, and I, 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 yeah, I think that's why emojis have become so popular is because you need Cuts that to the chase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think emojis are okay? How about this? You know, do you think the words can get uh, misconstrued, but the emojis don't? They uh, Do you think it's a little more clear, a little more precise, maybe? Yes, for me, because it okay. takes the place okay. of facial um, expression. Okay. Right? So in a certain sense, because I use faces, I should say, I don't uh-huh. use 
piles of poop. I was just saying, right, right, whatever else people. I use hearts. I use a sun quite often, and every form of smiley and frowny face. So to me, I am literally um, putting your emotion with it. You're trying to get that. Uh, uh, directed to the person that I'm, yes. I'm feeling love or I'm feeling happiness or gratitude, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in that case, then right. You don't need words. You're getting the symbol, you know? So maybe that's how we're going to uh, continue to, to transition our way of communication, maybe through symbology, which will be a little more clear than the words that can be taken, which is so interesting, but words can be, you know, right. Taken in and out of, um, Okay. Of uh, the context, and maybe that's why there's right. so many empaths on the world right now yeah. to help uh, have so many empaths. Because if we're going to be coming up feeling, yeah. all you have to do is uh, I have to just walk by that. you, feel you. Yeah, well, that's very, very true. Um, absolutely, but I think it's exciting, you know, because why not? As long as, again, the, the willingness to let it be without resistance and getting mad that people don't write old-fashioned letters anymore or don't use periods where they should or whatever, <laughs> just, you know what, just let people express, I guess, and it's going to get messy before it gets, uh, but- You got to weed off easier, the- Right. Yeah. There's a lot to undo. You know, there's a lot well, to undo. You're um, undoing multitude lifetimes, like I, the magnitude. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the energy of what has been for so long, you know, yeah. it's really been, um, well, the energy of this planet, just repeated, yourself. right. Yeah. yeah. And repeated it, just different players, but the same kind of foundation, this is over and over and over again. So yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a, a probably not in, 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 well, I don't know. You guys are a little younger, not my lifetime, but I appreciate the changes, like the you know, same age. well, Ever. we're starting to catch up. We're starting to catch what? up, right? Once you're in the fifties, we're all, but Heather's I not have there more yet. gray hair. I know Heather's not lady. even there. Look but at me. That's only because you're not looking at me. <laughs> Don't even go there about the gray hair. And it's lovely and women are embracing it. So let's be grateful we have hair. Yeah. So any, any closing thoughts on labels? Um, How do you want to close that out with who you're going to be, who you want to be, who you are? I would say, do the labels expand you? Do they, you know, really just take a look. We all have labels. So just look to see when you identify it, does it make your heart expand? Yeah. I think my labeling is my I am affirmations because that's a label. I am love. I am loved. I'm loving, you know. I like I am. I think that's, that's, that is beautiful indeed. Yeah. And again, have fun with it. I just, you know, again, if you're, uh, you know, a Virgo, a Sagittarius and you enjoy it, have fun with it. But what's on the other side? I, again, play the game with yourself. Who are you? If you're not using labels, you know, yeah. who are you come up with something and you have to come up with something. That's a have to, because you can't Energy and say, a meat I don't know, you know? Um, no, I mean, <laughs> What, you know, who are you? Just ask yourself, who are you? If you're not a mother, a wife, a sister, a brother, a husband, a friend. Who do you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Have fun with it. All right, listeners. That's all the time that we have today. we like to thank you for tuning in to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. We hope you're able to find the healing magic within.
Thank you for listening to us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Remember, when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the three intuitive healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast. 